When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome back to Seven Fifty-Five is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer at the Athletic. I'm my co-host Eric O'Flaherty. What's up, Eric? What's up, Dave? I'm at front of my generic hotel room backdrop here in Texas. This, they didn't put a frame on the wall, huh? Well, there's, a, there's an ugly light there. Oh, nice. We got the second game of the three-game series tonight against the Rangers, and last night the Braves got a. Well, you know, you hate to say a much-needed or a must-win in May because it wasn't a must-win, but it was much-needed for sure. After getting swept in Toronto three games, uh, they came down here and got just the kind of win they needed, a route. They got a they got a lefty, a top prospect for the Rangers, faced them, and the Braves have killed lefty pitching all year, and they destroyed this kid, man. They got a couple of two-run homers and one in against him early and end up hitting, knocked him out of the game, and they kept hitting after he left. And the Braves end up getting five two-run homers in a 12 to nothing route. And you all, it was almost like Charlie Mur- Charlie Morgan <laughs> Charlie Morton. It was almost like his great start was wasted because, you know, he's one of the three surviving healthy starters right now. And Charlie pitched his ass off last night. He pitched great. That was the kind yeah, of game you almost like to see him win, you know, 2 nothing. But, hey, they'll take him. But he really pitched great last night. Charlie, uh, he's ageless, man. He's 39 years old, and he looked terrific last night. It was a, it was a vintage Charlie game. Ten strikeouts, one walk, seven hits. Six and two-thirds innings, 107 pitches, 106 pitches, 70 strikes. The curveball was nasty, yeah. and his and his four-seamer topped out at 96.9 and averaged 95.3. It's crazy. You know, the thing I noticed last night, I saw him cover first base, and yeah. he wasn't moving too hot. You know, I mean, that's the first time I've really ever seen anything where I saw him aging at all. I noticed uh-huh. any aging. Just There wasn't that spring in a step, you know, but there's something about throwing – that that rotational movement you don't it doesn't age as fast you know your joints aren't put under the same stress and as you know running in, in a straight line but yeah god his stuff has not aged a day his, his stuff's it's better crazy, now man. than it was when he was 25 absolutely yeah i mean when he was feeling his way trying to figure out what kind of pitcher he was and all that top prospect i mean he is now what you, they hoped he would be, you know, at uh, 30. It just took him longer because he didn't bloom until his mid-30s, really, when it got to, uh, you know, Philly and then really at Houston because he got hurt in Philly when he was starting to put it together after two trades, you know. Uh, and Houston, he really came into his own. And he's been an ace for the Astros and the Rays and now the Braves for his third year here. Uh, and just terrific with everybody, with the team. You know, all the cliches about the veteran club presence. He is kind of the epitome of that working with young pitchers, talking to them, sharing advice with them all the time because he loves talking to them. I mean, he just enjoys that whole part of the game. It's 
Uh, he's, he's as big or bigger than anyone I've ever been around on clubhouse chemistry, the importance of it, and wanting to get here and be around the guys when there's such a great atmosphere. He loves it. That's what keeps him in the game. When he's got little kids at home that he'd like to be with. If, if the clubhouse wasn't great here, he would have retired. Yeah, it'd be a shame if guys like him, and it, and it is a shame because a lot of those guys aren't able to age like him and, and keep performing the way that yeah. he can. But you just accumulate so much knowledge going through the ups and downs, and it's not always you know some basic tip of mechanics or something. It's it's a mental thought, you know. It's a an approach, a, a mindset to take into games that you learn through failure, and a lot of it's just dying because the older guys are. They're not. They don't have the contracts, and they're not performing the way that the young guys are. He threw fifty-five curveballs last night. Got thirty-two swings and twenty whiffs on that pitch. And they weren't just like just missed it. There were some whiffs of yeah. missed by a foot, two feet. Especially those sliders down and into righties. Yeah, yeah. I looked at the uh, I looked at the chart last night after the game, and he had the top fifty spin rate pitches in the game for both teams. He threw the top 50 and he had like, uh, I had the numbers. I wrote it's basically it every like, off speed pitch. He threw that. He had like 25 of them over, over, uh, 3000 RPMs. And like, uh, it was five of them over 3,200 RPMs, which is crazy. I mean, not, there's only a few guys in the majors that, that, that can spin a ball at that high P- RPM. Yeah, you never really lose your feel for spinning the ball, but you lose the arm speed to, to create that spin, you know. And then his fastball hasn't yeah. dropped. I don't remember him. I know he's he's had games where he's upper 90s, but this has been pretty much what his fastball's been for, for 20 years. And for me, it's crazy because I have to spend a couple days re- getting ready to play beer league softball. And he's a year older than me. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That is insane, man. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it, everything. If I go up the stairs in my house, my knees hurt. And I yeah. watch him and it's, he hasn't, nothing has declined stuff wise to be able to keep doing that. I don't know if it's a genetics thing or something in his routine, but. Yeah, the body's perfect for pitching. You know, one of those, he's 6'4", long arms. Lean, not not real muscular, but wiry, you know, and and he and he's just fluid. He's uh, uh he's flexible. He's not stiff up there. Uh, twenty five. Here's the numbers. Twenty five of the curveballs, thirty one hundred RPMs or higher, including four above thirty two hundred. So, he's got a two eight five ERA, man, and he's going deep into games. He's doing exactly what the Braves need him to do, you know, especially with. With two, the two of their key starters on the IL, I'm going to be out at least two months. Uh, and by the way, it became official yesterday with Wright. We knew he was going to be out at least two months. He was moved to the 60-day IL yesterday, which tells you there was no doubt the Braves knew he was going to take that long to be out. Kyle was moved there yesterday to make room for this new guy they picked off of waivers from Minnesota, Derek uh, Rodriguez, who is another guy who will give them uh, a starting option. Got decent numbers as a starter with the Twins last year, you know, as a spot starter and and AAA this year. So he's another option down in AAA. Uh, He was optioned as soon as they got him yesterday, but he's on the 40, obviously. Yeah, I figured when when Kyle, the the second, usually like we talked about last time, once you get that first cortisone shot. Yeah. It's like a 50-50 thing. Sometimes guys get it and it knocks it out. You know, if it's just inflammation going on, but if the cortisone works and then you have, you know, it usually lasts like six weeks and you start having trouble again, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a longer stint. 
Yeah, and you could tell from his quotes how un, his lack of confidence about getting back fast. It was almost the, it was a tone. Of, it was a tone of resignation too. I'm going to be out longer than Max. You know, this time we were like, oh, okay. Well, you knew you knew he that there was no he wasn't going to try to push it to get back, and they weren't going to let him try to push it to get back this time. Yeah. Well, I mean, he threw. You got to think about it too. He threw quite a few innings last year. You oh know, yeah, I mean, that's a full season, and a lot of times after that first full one, especially in the major leagues with extra stress, mm-hmm. that's that first time yeah. you've, you've touched that threshold that you guys wind up having something come down the next year. Yeah, yeah, he 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 had a big jump in his uh, his career high innings total because he had been so so many times up and down between AAA and the majors and. Took time off here and there to work on things, and and just and had so many early exits from games as well. So yeah, and last year he really got it going for a while and was going you know six seven innings, eight innings. I think he went a couple times. Um, anyway, that uh, the five homer game last five two home two run homer game last night. It was crazy. I was looking at Justin Toscano. We were sitting next to each other. And they were hitting homer after homer. And every time you'd look and make sure, you're like, yeah, there's one guy on base. They're running. Two guys are trotting. Another two-run homer. So they had five homers last night. Every single one of them was a two-run homer. And they were all by five different guys. That doesn't happen much. I mean, five homers doesn't happen that often by itself. But yeah. all being two runs is kind of weird. You know, it's, it's one of those crazy baseball things, too. They tied a major league record for, for the most two-run homers in a game. It's been done 12 times. But you would think one team would have gotten six, right? Nobody's ever done it. Twelve times a team's got – it's like a, there's a ceiling on two-run homers. And so so the, the game notes had that it had been done 12 times the last time it had been by the A's in 2019, right? So I'm going, A's 2019. So I, I Googled the box score, got the box score up, because I, I think what's the chances that Olsen had one? He had to have, right? Olsen had two of the two-run homers in that game. And Sean Murphy had one of because Sean Murphy had a two homer game in that game too, but one of them was a two run homer. So they had three of the five. So what's crazier about that? Neither one of them had one of the two run homers last night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stuff like that yeah. it happens. But I just I saw that picture, you know, early on in the game and thought he's going to have a long night. If if you come oh. with these Braves and you're left handed and not locked in, you're in trouble. Oh, it got ugly in a yeah. hurry, man. It's like, and we've seen that, you know, we've seen that with some Braves prospect called up, you know, where you're whole, you're, you're kind of hoping they're ready. You don't know though for sure. And to do that against the Braves team, uh, to, to be thrown in there against this team, that's a tough task, man. Especially a lefty. I mean, it's almost like you would have known the Rangers would know what they did. They could have waited, either got him in there over the, before the Braves got to town or waited a couple of days because. They just kill left-handed pitching. Yeah, I mean it's a gamble. If he if he has a six-seven inning start right there, his confidence after beating the Braves is going to be sky high. But the downside, if he's not locked in, I mean those balls were yeah. demolished yesterday. Oh, Acuna and Ozzy, what they do to lefties. I mean they got so many guys that kill lefties. But yeah, so speaking of the di- the distances on those homers, these weren't fence scrapers, man. Four fifty-four for Acuna. On uh, we'll get to that in a minute on how, of that ridiculous pitch that he hit. Ozuna four thirty nine. Apparently, all he needed to do was turn the calendar from April to May. Ozuna. Arcia four twenty two just keeps on plugging. The guy came off you know the IL without rehab assignment and he's like better than ever. Uh, 
And Kevin Pillar, man, what a story this guy has become. And he hit a homer going back to Toronto, his old team over the weekend. He hit another one last night, 411. And then Austin Riley had the relative fence scraper of the bunch at 397. Although the it's way he's been field. struggling. <laughs> yeah, the way he's been struggling, they'll uh they'll gladly take that from Riley. Yeah, I think that that's, you know, usually the key you look for for him. If he starts hitting opposite field homers, that's kind of when he takes off. Yeah, I talked to I talked to Kevin Seitzer before the game yesterday about Riley and, and Olsen's struggles. And he went into depth with me about, you know, both of them are working on some things that um, – and they, they know what the the issue is is the good thing in each case. They're not, like, just scratching their head going, I don't know what's wrong. They got mechanical problems, each of them, and they're working on them. And he told me each of them was making progress. Before the game, he said that last night. And then they go out, and Olsen has a two-run uh, – or has an RBI double line to center. Uh, and then Riley has that home run you talked about. So that's definitely good signs for each of those two guys who've been struggling big time for a few weeks now. Yeah, I mean that's just the ups and downs of the of the season too. It it definitely helps to have an answer on why you think you're struggling, but even if you're wrong about that answer, having anything to feel positive about it, you know, helps you get through the season. But the yeah. the good things is this offense is so deep. You can have two or three of your main guys yeah. go into a slump and still score ten. Yeah, and there's very few teams that can say that, Mm-mm. and the Braves haven't been able to say that in the past, really. No, not to this. I, I, I haven't watched. I haven't consistently been on or watched a team with with a lineup like this, you know, unless you included this same lineup from the past few years. But it's it's kind of crazy that I was thinking that with that kid yesterday was you know even if he gets through three four five the the pitches he was messing with like yeah. this isn't gonna it's not gonna hold up. Uh, I was going back to some snip quotes that I had jotted down before we move on from Charlie. He was talking about that curveball, but just banging that curveball. And then it's like the fastball is still really good. He goes, I think that's the biggest thing, just throwing strikes and using his breaking ball. Um, the three, Snip was talking about how that's what they got to get from Charlie uh, because they have, you know, the three as well as Strider and, and Bryce Elder because with – Freed and Kyle Wright out. They have to get those get, those three starters have, have to, to be deep good. in the games. Yeah. They can't afford to have one of those guys go four innings and have to go five innings to the bullpen because the other two days out of the five, they're filling in, you know. Jared Schuster, by the way, has been called up to pitch tonight. So we're going to get another look at him. He's been pitching well down in AAA. He's going to get another shot. And Braves really need to step at him to step up. I mean, I, you know, you know he's putting pressure on himself, but this is a really important start for them to, for him to show – that he could be that guy to fill in, you know, one of those spots while those guys are out because, uh, you know, they would much prefer to be able to keep him up here and not keep having to go option him down, bring up another reliever, do another bullpen game and all that crap. It's, it's such a tough cycle to get trapped in. The, the Get a chance, blow it, and go back to the minors. But the team has to – I mean, they're trying to win. There's no there's no time for you to figure it out up here. Um, they need him or Dodd to start really getting consistent. And it might just take one good start. You know, you just you get one really good start in to build that confidence, and you roll from there. But yeah, it's they you lose so much confidence every time you get sent down because it's just it reemphasizes the failure. You know, you already know you yeah. pitched bad and what you want to work on, and and then if you fix it and you go down in AAA, you still don't know that's going to work in the big leagues. Maybe these hitters aren't as good, so it's a it's a tough spot to be in. But one of those guys is going to have to step up uh, until they get. And then hopefully they get Soroka, you know, before much longer. Soroka makes his next start, by the way, for those wondering, uh, Wednesday at Memphis. 
Uh, I know a lot of people thought, you know, they looked at this opening and thought, okay, that's Soroka, let's do it. But the Braves made it pretty clear. Snip made it pretty clear last week, and and uh, and and Alex did as well on an interview, radio interview yesterday, I think it was, that the thing with Soroka, this is a special case. This is not one that they can just make a decision and, and hope and go, okay, we'll get him up there. If it doesn't work out, we'll send him back down. They want to make sure when they bring him up that he is ready to stay here. And he can't be absolutely certain, but they want to be as certain as they can. And so far, he hasn't been consistent enough down at AAA. And they've been careful with him as well. All but one of his starts, he's got extra rest down there. And they're getting him out, you know, after four or five innings, 70 to 80 pitches most games. So he's still building. And they, when they think he's ready, they're going to bring him up here. But it's been pretty obvious that they are being careful about a very special case and they're going, they're being extra precautionary about it to make sure that he doesn't have another setback of any kind. I think he'll get better when he gets called up. I think he'll, I think he I think he'll lock in and rise to the occasion. It's going to be interesting, man. It's just, build, it's just building the uh, anxiety or the uh, – the uh, anticipation and anxiety about when he does make that first start. It's just going to be, especially if it's at home, I've, I've said this, I think it's probably going to be the loudest ovation we've ever heard at Truist Park. I really do. It's going to be, you know, I know when Freddie came back, it was a huge ovation. But there's always, a, you know, that small segment of people in the back of their minds, they're thinking, yeah, he left for the L.A., it was his choice and all that. With, with, uh, with Mike Soroka, it's going to be 100% pulling for him for both the human element and what he can mean to the team. And everybody knows what story, what he's been through. So it's like everybody, it's going to be a lot of tears in that crowd. I guarantee you. Yeah. And if you can't, if you could find a way to not root for him, you're yeah. just a miserable person. Like there's, there's, there's nobody can save you. Uh, hey, by the way, I was, uh, I, I, on a, on a, while I was thinking about it, I was walking back from the ballpark to my hotel, which is right across the expressway last night. It was a long walk, but it was good. It was a nice night. But I walked right by Six Flags, and I couldn't help but think about the story that you told about your experience at Six Flags when you were with the Mariners. I, I think people will probably <laughs> might not believe this story that it act that it was true. Uh, you insisted. So tell me this: what happened when you were well, there's a, a youngster? There's a the tunnel Mariners. that runs from the old park right into the Six Flags uh, Stadium. So we, um, me and Brandon Morrow, park. yeah, the six foot amusement park. So me and Brandon Morrow were, I don't know, it was like three fifty or four o'clock in the afternoon. When you're on the road, you don't have BP till five. But we got our we got our BP gear on, you know, ahead of time. And the club he had brought up that he takes guys over all the time to ride the rides. And we're both twenty one at the time, so we're kind of kids. And uh, he just drives us over, and we he takes us to the front of every line in our baseball uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> and we're but not the jersey not the no jersey. we weren't wearing well we had bp we didn't have our bp top set but we had our pants on we had we had our our plastic spikes and we had our bp tops on so that's unbelievable I mean, man yeah we we're just cutting in front of kids and going on the front of every line but i just i can't imagine pulling that off now and when we came back every single veteran just destroyed us for it because it looks so bad <laughs> to see these two guys that are about to be pitching in a major league game just riding around on roller coasters. But I think it just gives you some perspective, you know, where your mind's at when you're 21 versus you know, being a grown man. Man, if there had been camera phones back then, dude, been that's, that would have been viral and it would still be being shown now. <laughs> you're getting off a club, you're driving you off a golf cart at the front of lines, you're going in front of kids going, 
Why did he go <laughs> they, they, they let us ride like two or three times in the front seat. <laughs> did you have your hats on, your Mariners hats? Um, I can't remember. Maybe. Batting practice caps? I mean, it was pretty obvious. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's a tremendous story. Um, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, Acuna's home run last night. I mean, it's like it's like a... Uh, people probably get tired of us talking about Acuna's ridiculous achievements, but what it, things he does like every night, you're like, good Lord, man, nobody else can do that. Okay, so last night he hits a 454-foot home run, 116-mile-an-hour exit velo on a curveball below the strike zone, dude. It was that Sarah Langs, the great Sarah Langs, who is the best at, at measuring this kind of stuff and, and coming up with these – this home run was the third lowest pitch hit for a 450-foot home run since the StatCast era, 2015, right? It was 1.3 feet off the ground. So it's like 15, 16 feet off, 15, 16 inches off the ground. And he hit it over 450 feet. Okay, so the only two longer on a pitch that low or lower – Gary Sanchez hit one 1.19 feet, 460 feet in, in 2020. And another guy named Ronald Acuna. <laughs> Acuna's know. got two of the know. top three. He hit he hit one earlier. That was, I think, this year, right? 453 feet off 1.3 off the ground. Because you talked about that one. I was ridiculous he hit. I'm not even impressed anymore, honestly. It's like watching LeBron dunk. You know, it's like <laughs> I'm getting to the point where you just expect him to do something like that almost every time he comes into the box. I saw another stat was uh, most 440-plus foot home runs this year so far. Ron- yes. Ronald Acuna has five. Eight guys have two. And 57 guys have one. So he's got five. And the rest of the league yeah. has three. He's got, for his career now, he has 28 440 440- foot plus home runs, right? That is four more than anyone else in the majors since the start of the 2018 season. And you think about some of the guys like Stanton and Judd and Trout. He's got four more than anybody. Yeah, that's somebody Somebody tagged me in a post and asked me you know, how he does it or how impressive it is or how crazy it is. And it's like, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm to the point where I'm just, this guy is just not, he's not a normal human. You know, if you put a bat in his hand, he can do something that his size that, most guys that are doing it, you know, anybody else that you see hitting balls this far, Alonzo, Stanton, Judge, they're monsters. 
Yeah. You wouldn't, if you saw Absolutely. him walking through the mall, I'm, I'm sure he's got some cool clothes on and stuff, but you wouldn't assume this guy's hitting balls 500 feet almost on the regular. Right. Right. You'd know he was a star in something, whether it's uh, entertainment, you know, whether it's music, an actor, a model, something, you'd know just from the way he carries himself, the way he dresses, the way everything. But he does look athletic. He just doesn't look like a, like a power hitter. <laughs> he looks like, <laughs> I mean, he's just a normal sized guy. He's like maybe six foot, six two. Or he's not even six two. He's like six one maybe. And I've said this. He's probably two hundred and five pounds now, and he's wiry, strong, but he's not a big guy. He's just, yeah, it's just crazy what he does, and it's just all natural, and what he's worked to perfection the natural gifts that he has. But the hips, the wrists are so strong, so fast, just lightning quick, fast twitch muscles. It's, it's something to see, man. And meanwhile, he keeps stealing bases at will. I mean, he's on pace for like now for like 35 homers and almost cl- close to 80 stolen bases. I think he's going to be – I don't know if anybody's ever done it. I think Barry Bonds and Brady Anderson were the guys – I tried to look it up – that have yeah. separate 50 home run and 50 stolen base seasons. I think he's going to be the third. Yeah. And he didn't take anything to do it. Yeah. Good point. Um. Ozuna, Snit said he's showing signs of life and turning himself around and continues to be a good option when we use him at DH. It's really big because that means they don't have to use Murphy at DH every time, you know, because we talked about Murphy just not the same hitter at DH. He hasn't been in his career. So if you can give him a rest day. Full day off, you know, yeah. Right, because he catches so much. And when it gets hot, you know, I know he's like he's like a he's a, he's a he's a monster back there as far as being a strong dude, country strong, and so far it hasn't affected it. But when it gets hot in Atlanta this summer and humid, those full days off are going to be nice. And you don't and and having Ozuna if he can stay hot like this, you can rest Murphy and have him available off the bench if you need him. But you know, just a much more traditional setup, uh, and not have to worry about an emergency third catcher and all that either. Yeah, I think it's going to be huge, especially like you said when it gets hot in the summer because. You're not doing the the most taxing thing of catching when you're DHing, which is yeah. he's, his legs are getting a day, but your body's still not. You're still swinging a heavy bat. You're still going through right. the full BP and everything like that. There's something about it when you know you're not in there today, or maybe just getting ready for a pinch hit at bat. You can kind of just re- take your effort level back a little bit. You know, you can swing at 70, 80 percent BP and just coast through it and work on things. And, and kind and all of all the prep that he likes to do. All that prep can change. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be big for him. Yeah, and it's like he loves watching the game and working with everybody, and, and to have him be able to just watch the game and talk to pitchers and all that would probably be good too. But, I mean, bottom line, he's just not productive as a DH, or he hasn't been for, you know, so to, to if, if Azuna can get in there and do what he's been doing, I mean, you look at Azuna's stats, and, and he was arguably the worst position player in the majors through the end of March. He was terrible. He had 085. He was 5'4", 59, with two homers, two RBIs. So, two solo homers, obviously. Eight walks, 18 strikeouts. Uh, he had a 203 slugging percentage and a 397 OPS in 16 games, man. Starts. An 18 games, 16 starts. Through the end of March, right? Or through the end of April. Uh, in May. In May, he's played 10 games, 10 starts. The guy's hit 300. He's 12 for 40. He's got a double. He's got six home runs in 40 at-bats this month. He's slugging 775 with a 391 OBP, 1166 OPS for 10 games in it May. 
I mean, this is all good. Whether you like him or not, if you're a Braves fan, you like to see this because it means either A, he's going to keep giving them a big bat in that DH spot, or B, he's going to make himself tradable and they're going to be able to get someone to save some of that money they owe him. Yeah, it's a fine line, too, because if he keeps swinging like this, I don't want to trade him. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he's got another year left on a contract. Yeah. He had a, dude, he had a, he had a, uh, I'm just looking at these numbers, these OPS plus numbers and all this, all this analytics stuff. Some of this I don't even understand, but the SOPS plus, uh, he had 11 in April, March. He's got 210 in May. <laughs> <laughs> I, he's been like that though. You know, it's like, I think cause he has so many moving parts in his, in his swing and he does yeah, some stuff yeah. that you wouldn't necessarily teach, but he's so strong. It doesn't matter most of the time, but, but. Right. I mean, he's he's one of those guys, and I, you watch a ton of them throughout their careers. That that's why that quote, "Water finds its level." You know, always kind of yeah. You watch guys that can be one of the worst players in baseball, and the team is patient with them, and then it clicks, and they carry the team for a month, and and you're like, oh, they fixed it, and that's kind of the yeah. ups and downs of the season too. Is you never have it fixed, but you hold on to this one adjustment, and then you over adjust, and and that creates another bad habit. Then they fall off in a, in a different direction, and they have another terrible month. But at the end of the season, you look up, and they got 35 homers, and they'd hit 261 again. It's just they hit 100 for a month and 500 for a month over and yeah. over. And, and, and like you said, he's got so many moving parts in that really unorthodox swing that you would never teach anyone. The way his feet move, just everything. There's all kinds of stuff moving. So when it locks in, when it clicks in, I mean, he's got great bat speed, man. He's still got... Yeah, so when it locks in and he starts seeing the ball well and it comes together, it's 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 fun to watch. But when he's a, when he's off, it's a mess. I mean, it's like you he looks hopeless. So that split, by the way, I like that split. By the way, it's it's SOPS in Baseball Reference, and it's re, it's what it is is OPS relative to the league's split OPS. Uh, in other words, for the month of May. His 210 OPS plus is relative to the league OPS for the month. So if you also you could have that for home or road games and it'd be relative to the league. I like that. They do the concept weird style like that, but analytics, man. Ooh, let's see. Uh, tonight we've got, like I said, we've got Schuster coming up from AAA and the Braves option, Danny Young down. Another guy that, you know, if you if you got options, you've got to be prepared for that because a lot of guys don't have options, so you can't move them. He's probably not the guy that would get moved otherwise because he's pitched well, man. He's pitched really well for these guys and giving them giving them exactly what they need in some in some pretty big situations. He can go multiple innings, and he's impressed. It's uh, looking at yeah. Anytime you're that that option guy and you go two innings out of the pen, two point one, he threw. 39 pitches so he's gonna be down for a day or two you, yeah you, yeah you know it you know i mean even it doesn't it sometimes i had a game when i was a rookie where i was gonna be that guy miguel batista gave it up early and i came in against the yankees in like the second inning and i wound up going five innings out of the pen and it was like i pitched so well i think gave up one hit i pitched so well they couldn't send me down but when I went into that game, I was like, I guess I'm packing for Tacoma after this because I'm going to throw about 80 pitches and not be available <laughs> for three or four days, and I'm gone. And that's kind of – What a feeling that must be. Yeah, it's it's something that – you know, it's just that's what's so tough about that up and down cycle is if you pitch like shit, you're definitely going down. But there's also yeah. times where you're just the 
odd man out regardless. And you you pray for there not to be a blowout where you get stretched out to the point where you're right. not available tomorrow. Right. But there's not. I mean, you can you can only pitch if you pitch well. You're staying in. If you give it up, you're going down. And so you're just in this position where odds are you're probably going down no matter what if a starter goes short. And then yesterday just yeah, happened like, to be a blowout. Yeah, it's like you almost don't want your team to win in a blowout either because if it's a blowout, close. you're bitching. Let me come in, get a lefty out, and I'm available and it's tomorrow. Like, and it's like you guys are you're in your 20s and this is happening, and you're like, this is the first time in my life that I have not been rewarded for, good for pitching great. Yeah. That the right performance has nothing to do with the move they're going to make. This is the first time in your life that that's happened. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough, your athletic life. tough spot to be in. You know, you just hope that. And normally, there's really good communication on this, but and I know Snit would, but you hope that wherever it happens yeah. around the league, the guys are told like, hey, this isn't performance based. It's just a roster right. crunch. You know, we're down two starters. You'll be back. And at any time, if they tell you you're going to be the first guy back or you're coming back, yeah, that changes everything versus. Just sure. a lack of communication and just screw you, go back to AAA. And and that's an area that, that we've talked about. This the Braves are tremendous good at, at it. especially the guys the guys that would be involved in that, Snitker, Rick Kranitz, and Alex Anthopoulos. Yeah. I mean, if I, you know, those are all guys that are gonna make you feel the best possible way that you can feel in that situation. They're gonna make it really obvious to you that how happy they are with what you're doing. You'd be surprised so though. I mean some soften it. Some managers can send you down and it's just I think because it hurts them and it gets uncomfortable, but they just give you a few words and, hey, you did great, but you know we got to make this move. Uh, you're getting picked up in an hour. You know, you're flying to yeah. Reno. Good luck. Yeah. We'll see you soon. And you're like, shit. They don't even know if they like me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so get uh, uh, circling back around to Ronald Acuna in the first inning and why you would never move Ronald Acuna from leading off. <laughs> Ronald Acuna in a f- leading off, first batter of a game. I mean, we're now over a quarter of the way into the season. So this is not a small sample size anymore, really. He's hitting 487 leading off games. He's 18 for 37. Six doubles, two homers, 1347 OPS. The dude is slugging 811 leading off games. You know, for my limited time as a starter, it, you, you warm up in the pen. You feel all right. You know, whatever happens get on the mound in the game mound, you throw your eight warm-ups, but that first fastball, you throw a fastball first pitch of the game. If you dot it up and it's it kind of hisses out of your hands and it feels you're like, okay, yeah. it's going to be a good start. Most of these guys don't get a chance to even test that. they got to throw some bullshit slider or something. Yeah, you, They have to pitch him so careful, and it's just such an odd way to start a game is if I make a mistake, it's going 450. So you have to, yeah. you have to try so hard from the first hitter. Even – on the rare occasion that a guy would swing first pitch, which wasn't really a thing when I was in the game, it, right, it's, right. it slowly became, okay, it's, all right, we're getting after it first pitch, they might swing. You would have a guy that would pepper a ball into right field. And you're like, ah, damn, you know, he got me. Yep. I got to get to work. But it was almost always a free strike. You just fire that first fastball of the game right down the middle. You get a yep. strike, all right, it's going to be a good start. Let's go. And with him, you're on defense. You're on defense at 4 o'clock. You're already doing the pitching report, and they're telling you, do not throw this guy a first-pitch fastball because he's coming out of his shoes. So it's just a it's a completely different dynamic to start off a game, and I, I don't think a lot of starters are used to it. Yeah, Charlie talked about that, um, how uh, that was the way it was for most of his career, that first pitch. It's like uh, 
It's almost like you're out there saying hi to the umpire, the batter saying hi to the catcher. Then the pitcher's like, all right, I'm warming up, and I'm throwing right down the middle. Yeah, ceremonial. And it's like every, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's like, especially on a day game, it's the most pleasant way to start a sporting event yeah. in any of the major sports. It's like everything is just so, uh, you know, it's like, okay, we're ready to go, guys. All right, it's good to be out here now. Beautiful day. And Strike then like, warm. Right, now we all start. Right, let me all get right. ready and get Game's in here. Game's underway. It's some, <laughs> yeah, it's like, and, and the guy doesn't even look like he's disappointed at all. It's a called strike. He's like, all right, all I'm right. supposed to take that. Should, let's get started. That's kind of how the game's Acuna, been. And Acuna strolls up there. Well, he doesn't stroll. I mean, he's like back there, bouncing. He's yeah. about, you know, up there. He's all that energy comes off. Fastball. And he's got his, he's got his Spanish his hip-hop song going. It's blasting through the, at home, you know, at home games. And it's like, oh, here comes Acuna, because it's a really distinct song. And then he gets in there, and it's just like, yeah, if that first pitch, he, he swings at the first pitch so often and crushes it. And you'd love to and think. And if he doesn't, huge swing, he fouls it back. It's like, oh, we're on. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, I'm going to something else because he was on that. But then you, you, you know, you'd think it's one thing that, all right, he's swinging first pitch. Okay, he's super aggressive. I'm going to throw this pitch, and I'm probably going to get a ground ball or something. You know, there's right. he's not a reckless. He's right. doing damage. If you, He's only struck out three times yeah. leading off games. Three times. Yeah. I just think he just something about getting to be – something it does for his confidence to lead off the game and be the first guy. He, yeah. he, he thrives being the guy that's going to go up there first. So he's got almost as many home runs as he's got strikeouts leading off a game. It's not got what you're used to. Eight extra to. base hits. <laughs> yeah. And here's that. Here's going back to that stat I just quoted, right? It works perfect in this situation. SOPS which is a split relative to the rest of the league, what they do in that situation. Okay, his, his f- first batter of the game, leading off the game, his SOPS plus in that, in that in, in analytic, in that particular uh, category, is 254. That means that he is, because average guy leading off, at the average of the league leading off the games is 100. That's what they, is the baseline, right? So 254 means he is two and a half times the production of a normal guy leading off the game. That's Acuna in that spot. 254 would mean two and a half times the production that you could expect from a normal guy. Yeah, it's just leading a, off, a different And the same thing leading off any innings. And it's leading off any innings. He's like that. So if he has time between game, the innings to get, and get ready to lead off the inning, he's a force, man. Leading off any innings, the guys, and this is 71 plate appearances. He's hitting 460 with a 521 OBP and a 1315 OPS. Lead off any inning, not just the first inning. And he's got four homers in those situations. Seven walks, and again, as many walks as strikeouts. Seven walks, seven strikeouts. Uh, and his SOPS in that is 262, so it's even higher. Yeah, and it's it's like that, that power threat combined with the speed threat. When you're leading off an inning, you, you know, yeah. most of the guys that are going to steal 50, 60 bags, you pitch them aggressive and they're trying to put the ball in play. Well, he's trying to take you deep. So you don't want to come see him. But if you don't come see him, he's going to steal second. And it's basically a double. It's yeah. it's just a, it's the, I mean, it's the perfect combination for somebody leading off and the pitcher having to be aggressive and, and try to get him out in a few pitches. But th- there's just nothing. I don't know what you're supposed to do, honestly. I think a conventional look, a way to look at it, and the people that have argued that, okay, how long is Snick going to lead him in leadoff? Because they look at the home runs, the power. The guy might hit 50 home runs, and they think, how can you not have that guy hitting lower where he can drive in runs? Well, the bottom of the lineup doesn't suck. 
with him, yes, and with him you can't look at it from a conventional sense because he's not a conventional player by any stretch for the reasons you just cited. That's why you want him leading off. He's more dangerous leading off than he is hitting third on the chance that you'll have one or two guys on base and he get a three-run homer. Okay, but and if you have one or two outs, he leads off. If I have one or two outs and he's up in a big situation, yeah. if any base is open, I have a base open. You know, even if it's first and second, two outs, I don't care who's behind him. I'd rather I'd rather try to get them up. And when he's leading off the inning, you're not going to put a guy on him purpose with, with that mindset or pitch around him because he's going to steal. And then he can score from first on single if he doesn't. He's scoring easy from second on any knock. Yeah. I mean, we'll score from first on a double, but he's still second. You give up a bloop single, he's scoring. So his speed is such a game changer. Yeah, I think just the, just the dynamic that he gives you the way that he can disrupt even a veteran pitcher by either hitting a home run or getting on first and stealing second or hitting a double, all the things that he does that gets a, that gets a, a pitcher out of kilter right away because a pitcher can't ease into the game like he can with a normal guy. So I think that dynamic far outweighs what the maybe an extra RBI here and there that he could hit lower in the order. Plus, like you just said, the lineup's so deep. you got guys like Orlando Arcia and Michael Harris hitting at the bottom of the order. So – after the first time up, there's a real good chance that he's going to have people on base when he comes yeah. up anyway. Yeah, and it's yeah. If, if they if the bottom of the lineup was really really struggling, he was coming up with two outs, nobody on, right. over and over and over. You know the outs that are that the outs that are on the board already when he comes up to bats a big difference because now I'm not afraid to pitch around him again. I don't want to put him on, but my odds of getting one of the next two guys out, if even if I walk him, are pretty good. When it's nobody on, nobody out, he gets on base and he could steal. Yeah. It's like a 75% chance he scores if he gets on. Yeah, man, it's something else. And by the way, with runners on base this year, the dude, he's doing everything this year, but the guy's hitting 309 with a 418 OBP. He's so much more patient now. He's not striking out like he used to. I know he struck out last night. It was the first time for a while, like three times. But uh, uh, with runners on base, 309, 10 walks, 10 strikeouts. Uh, he's got a 963 OPS with runners on base and runners in scoring position. He's hitting 313 with a nine of 594 slugging and a 1019 OPS with runners in scoring position, 40 plate appearances. I mean, he's just doing it all, man. This guy's having an MVP year. I mean, if no he's doubt. if he's learning, you know, if he's getting smarter as he goes, because he got called up at 20 or 21. 20. 20. I mean. I mean, where my mind was maturity-wise at 20 versus 25 and then 30, if he if he's he has so much raw ability, he's just learning in the big leagues. If he keeps learning and getting better and figuring things out and how they're going to pitch him, and that's the type of stuff you don't really know when you come up second and third with an open base uh, and two outs when you're young. Yeah. You're like second and third, I can get two ribbies with a knock here. If I had a homer, it's three to blow the game open. And you just get five sliders in the dirt. You don't even realize, you don't even know how to recognize they're not going to throw me anything. Uh, you hate to see it, and it took away like a year and a half of his of his career because last season he wasn't yeah. himself as he came back from it. In the long run, in the long run, that might end up being a good thing for him because he had so much time to think about this and, and, and not take anything for granted and get so motivated to get back and show people and get other parts of his body strong and all that. And I think he's seeing now the, the reaping the rewards of that. It's only going to make him want to do more of that in the offseason to get even whatever he did, you know, to come. 
in the long run. I mean, look at Chipper. Chipper did it before his rookie year. And look at the career he had. He blew his ACL out back when the surgery wasn't nearly as, as technologically as advanced as it is now. Um, you would never know Acuna had any major injury, Nothing. obviously, the way he's running all that. Nothing. The way he's swinging, running. Yeah. Yeah, I think you can. You could definitely, when you you don't ever want it to happen, but you get a chance to sit back and actually watch the games happen, and it challenges yeah. a different side of you because when you're playing – it's it's not all about you, but you're so focused on what your job is and everything. You're not sitting there watching every teammate's at bat and what happens. You're not hearing guys talk in the dugout because you have this focus on what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, even for me, after I retired, I can read hitter swings so much better now than I ever could while I was playing because you just you you're not in it. You don't you're not focused yeah. on your task. You can just sit there and watch baseball. That is one of the good things that does come from getting hurt and, and having to be sidelined for a while. And he had to play. I mean, again, not a good thing, but he had to play it when he wasn't his best last year. You learn a yeah. lot from that, too. Yeah. You know, you, oh, yeah. He probably Absolutely. learned how to, I can't do this this now, so I actually have to look for a location. Where before he had the bad speed, point, he didn't even yeah. have to look for anything. You know, so I'm sure he learned a lot being a lesser player last year. You know, it's like almost like he jumped into a worse player's body for a season and had to try to test drive that and yeah now you start picking up on little stuff like okay i gotta sit in or i gotta get out and, and look out here this is what pitchers are trying to do to me because i'm not so damn good that i can just make up for it with unreal talent and he could have shut it down last year and and had a set and, and it would have set him back this year too because he'd be trying to get it back now and uh yeah so kudos to him for playing through it last year for both having the ego that wouldn't let him quit because he's so good and so confident that I knew he thought he could, at some point, he was going to flip the switch and put it together last year. So he kept playing through the injury and all that, you know, because they told him he wasn't going to get hurt. It wasn't going to make it worse. It's just you're not going to, you know, you're not, you know, but you're not as productive. But he kept, he put the, he, so he had the ego not to quit, but at the same time, he didn't let his ego stand in his way of going out there and being a lesser player than he was, you know. He didn't let that go. I'm not doing this until I'm 100%. So, you know. It's 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 been something to watch. It really has been. He's been he's surpassed my expectations this year so far. He's uh I, I guess I should have no limits on what I think this guy can do because he's uh he's unlike anything I've ever seen, man. He really is. I've never seen a player as no, talented as him. I try so hard to stay away from saying that. You know, like I just have the stuff like he's the best player I've ever seen or the most talented player I've ever seen because there's. There's been guys like Hanley Ramirez when he was young, and guys that just right. have this unreal talent, but he's doing it. You know, it's not like Brera Trout. He's in that category of just unreal talent, but he's he's yeah. putting it together and he's getting better. I didn't see those guys up close as they're coming up and watch them every night, so I don't I don't try to judge him against the Mike Trout's coming up and all that. But I've seen a lot of guys in 29 years and. Uh, and he's the most talented player I've seen. I'm Chipper's still the best player I've ever covered because he has to do it for a lot of years. But obviously, if, if Acuna keeps this up for 10 years, he's, he, has a, he could surpass Chipper maybe. Chipper's the best player I've ever covered, overall player. But this is the most talented player I've ever covered. I think of he's, Freddie, too, for me. is When, I, when yeah, somebody said, tremendous. Who's, the, I mean, Hall of Famer. who's the best player you played with? And it wasn't immediate, but... Watching Freddie day in, day out, I was thinking, you know, this is probably the best player I've, I've been teammates with at the time. You know, Chipper was a little older, and he was still Chipper. He was still yeah. hitting, but I didn't get to see Chipper in his prime. Right. But watching Freddie in his prime, he just did things that impressed me. But 
you, Acuna is another level. Freddie couldn't run like that. He wasn't right. playing outfield. He, he wasn't throwing like that. Fred, Freddie is one of the greatest hitters, uh, obviously, of his generation. He's going to go down as one of the greatest hitters. Acuna is a five-tool monster. I mean, it's unbelievable. So, I mean, it's pretty fun to watch. I'm glad I got the chance to watch the outset of his career. I'm not going to probably be doing this for his entire career. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> but uh, to watch the outset of this guy's career is something I'm never going to forget. It's pretty cool to be able to watch a guy like that kind of supreme talent and to watch him go through uh, uh, an injury as severe as it was and come back even better. It's – you don't get to watch – Especially, you know, guys staying with the but you don't get that that peak at a, what a guy's in the minor leagues, hearing all the hype, yeah, and then seeing it and it's better than everybody said. You know, I, I, you hear this guy has this, this guy has that all the time about prospects coming up, and then they come up and they're pretty good major leaguers. Yeah, Acuna's like, you couldn't have described this, you couldn't have predicted it how how damn good he was going to be in the tools he has. Yeah, there's no doubt. All right, 755 is real. We'll do this again after this uh, road trip ends. The Braves have got two more games in Texas. Got a chance to, uh, you know, it's, Schuster's going to be the big, the big one tonight because uh, uh, they got Strider coming back tomorrow, so they feel really good about their chances tomorrow. So they just need, they need, they need a good outing from him or get him out of the game early and go to the bullpen. But the good thing is with Charlie going deep in the game, and you know Strider should go deep in the game tomorrow. You can empty the pen if you have to, but uh, they hope they don't have to. But they got a chance to, you know, to to sweep a good. The Rangers had the same record as the Braves coming in last night, twenty five and fifteen. So Charlie did that against a hot team. So they got a chance to salvage a good trip after that horrible start in Toronto. I think a lot of it depends on tonight. Yeah, and the but, bullpen got a vacation day yesterday. The the guys that might have been putting pressure on themselves got to know they were having a day off, which is huge. All right, 755 is real. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate it.